Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Liz Benke. Her salon is called was called Elizabeth Benke and Associates, or EB Salon for short. She was in business for 23 years. Uh, we recently met due to a... Um, a friend of ours, a mutual friend connected us. We both picked up and moved to Florida and we loved having lunch and sharing our very similar stories about how we made the pivot away from salon ownership, which was for sure our identity for a really long time. So I am so thrilled to have her here as my guest to share her story and, and how much we have in common. So Liz, thank you so much for being here. Am I correct in saying this is your podcast virginity? Am I taking that away? Is this your first time on a podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm not very technologically savvy. So yes, this is my first time. <laughs> well, you did an amazing job. You got on here right away and you had all the things ready. So I'm excited for this chat because I really, in retrospect, I wish that we had a camera crew with us when we went to lunch because we could not be more similar in every single way. And our mutual friend, Bob, was just like, you guys have to meet. And I 100% agree. And I wish that you were a little bit closer, that we could do it a lot more often. But I do plan on staying in touch with you and getting together much more often and doing some fun collaborations together. So yeah, it was so much fun. We both owned salons. We both know what that feels like to have a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress, plus all the joys and wonderful things and helping people grow their careers. And we're very similar in age. And we both kind of got that peck at the soul of, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, but how do I remove myself from the salon without the salon not being the salon anymore and having it affect our staff? So that's always... Yeah the really hard part. So I want you to share your story because I know that most of the people listening to my podcast are either slightly behind us in age or right where we are and feeling the same feels of how do I transition out of this easily and not affect everyone else um, around me. So, yeah. Um, I always found the the biggest stressor for me in owning a salon was the responsibility that I felt to the people who worked with me and for me. Um, my personal situation was I had trained everyone or 90% of everyone right out of school. So, and I watched them grow up. I watched them get married. I watched them have families. Um, and you know, taking on the responsibility of a family's welfare and the kind of life that they lead, it's based on decisions you make. And that responsibility, I felt very heavily. And, you know, after 23 years and the last year being a COVID year, um, 
feeling feeling that that every decision I made, especially during that year, affected so many people that it really wore me down. Um, but on the other hand, I we came through it great. Everything was wonderful, but I personally just couldn't do it anymore. Um, it was starting to affect me, but again, the responsibility to my staff, I needed to make sure that this place would go on and they would not have to start over. They wouldn't have to move. They wouldn't have to find somewhere else if they didn't want to. Um, and I especially felt a responsibility for my fabulous, fabulous salon coordinator who does not do hair. So I wanted to make sure she was okay too, because if everybody went their separate ways, his stylist, mm. now it would be fairly easy for them with the books that they had to go somewhere else and be just fine with barely a break. Um, but a salon coordinator is a very different animal. So we set out to try to find a way to kind of keep things intact for them so there wouldn't be this huge shift in their careers if they didn't want there to be um, and make sure that everybody was okay, even though I needed to go. So. I love the story of, of how it ended and, and what you decided to do because I agree wholeheartedly with every single thing that you said. When I knew that I wanted to step away the pressure of everyone else's livelihood laying on my shoulder. I was like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. Like they, the entire staff are super successful, booked solid. Everything was wonderful for everyone but me. You yeah. know, I would walk into my salon and I would think, how dare I be unhappy? Like people would give the right arm for this <laughs> salon, like having wonderful yeah. clients and busy all the time and waiting lists. And we were able to charge really good prices. And we were, you know, one of the higher end salons in our area. And I was so blessed and I felt like a brat. I just did a solo episode this past week. And I talked about when you have that yearning for more and it's not necessarily more money. It's just more something, you know, that something else is coming and needs to happen. And I think, God, you're ungrateful. Like, why do you want more? You have so much and you've been so successful and so blessed in so many ways. Why are you so antsy? Why are you, but that's just life, right? We always want to get to another step, another level and enjoy things differently. So, I mean, I can look at it now and say, Liz, you and I, we deserve to be here. We worked our ass off to get here. And it was not, it was not an easy path, right? And people yeah. in open salons now have no idea what they're signing up for. And I don't say that to be negative. I say that to be, if we ever knew what we were signing up for, nobody would do it, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. after 20 plus years, yes, we deserve to go to Florida and look out the window and see palm trees and sunshine, because if not, why do we bother at all? But right. to your point and, and what we're talking about now is when other people are affected and, and in reality, it really doesn't work that way. Everyone makes their own choices, right? But we love them like our family. They're yeah. like, you know, our children, yeah. our siblings, whatever. We spend more time at work and with our people that we work with than our own family members. So yeah. that was a huge responsibility. So I, I want to shut up now because you, you know I'm such a talker and I want you to share 
what step you took and how unique of a situation that you ended up doing, which I love. I absolutely love that you did that. And I've thought about it. And there was just so many little working parts that I wasn't sure of that you, you know, cleared up for me as far as how that would look. So you, you take the microphone and and share how amazing of an opportunity you created for your people. Yes, ma'am. So my husband and I don't have children. So we knew a couple of things going into starting the salon. Um, There was never going to be somebody to leave it to. Um, We weren't building it for our children to take over or another family member or, um, and we also knew that at the end of the road, let's face it, a salon doesn't have a whole lot of value on the open market. Um, you want to sell a salon when you're done, all you're really selling is inventory equipment and the remainder of a lease. So there's not a whole lot of value to the business that you spent all these years building. Um, so I knew right away, uh, the main thing that I was going to kind of hang my retirement on was I wanted to buy the building where the salon was and about five years into it. We were lucky enough that we had the opportunity to do so. So um, we owned that space. And when we decided it was time for us to go, it kind of behooved us to make sure that we had a tenant in that space. So that's where we came up with the idea that we would actually, instead of selling the business or trying to sell the business, uh, we would actually just give it to them. And what we decided to do was we gave the salon coordinator or manager um, kind of controlling interest in the business because somebody has to be the, you know, the last word and make the decisions. And the remaining four senior people on staff were made kind of partners on the back end. Um, So it, it was technically set up that the manager owned it, but with the stipulation that those four stylists got the other 49% as far as profit sharing and things like that. So they all would have an ownership interest in it. And I remember the night that we sat down and we told them that we wanted to do this and we presented it to them. They just kind of looked at me blankly and they were like, (laughs) what's this going to cost us? What's the catch, right? Yeah. What's the catch? catch? How much is this going to cost? What do we need to invest? And when we said absolutely nothing, they almost died. Mm-hmm. A couple cried. <laughs> and, you know, it, it took them a little while to process it. And, you know, we said, you guys, you need to go home. You need to think about it because although we're trying to set it up that the people who do hair still just continue to do hair mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about all the other things that go into running the place. That's why um, our coordinator is staying in the position she's staying in. So she can continue to take care of all of those things for you guys. So you can do what you do. Um, But you need to think about what it might 
mean to you? And, you know, thankfully for us, they all came back and said, yes, we want to do it. And then we just started the transition and made our announcement. And, uh, you know, the clients were just dumbfounded, but at the same time, they were like, I can't believe that is, you know, the nicest thing I've ever heard of. And, you know, you, some of the nicest things I heard from like longtime clients were, was that, you know, I always knew that you loved this staff mm. and you would do anything for this staff, but now you're really proved it. I love that. So, and I love the legacy of it and, and the example, you know, kudos to you for realizing the value of a salon business. I can't tell you how many people I see on forums and they're like, I'm selling my salon for $200,000. And I'm like, oh, honey, God bless. Like, I've never heard of that, you know, happy ending for any salon, no matter how lucrative it is. Actually, I'm lying. There's one. I have a friend who sold for much more than that. And God bless her. I don't know how she did it. Because <laughs> you're selling the goodwill of a staff of trusting this new owner. It's almost like, you know, you can't sell people. You can't sell a staff. You only can sell the ability to hopefully continue the business, but you can't promise them that people are going to stay. And people say, oh, contracts, that's all, none of that holds up. So I love that. I love that you took care of your staff and that they felt like they could continue your legacy and make you proud. And for you to still have the building, it's like, you still feel like you're part of something. You still feel like you're there cheering them on. So I absolutely love that whole model. Well, it's, it's also a matter of, you know, for, I had extremely low turnover for all those years. Um, those, those girls, you know, in, in my case, it did happen to be uh, women. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of male uh, stylists come through. Um, but that loyalty that you build over all of those years I'm sorry, it's a very personality driven business Mm -hmm. and having a new personality come in just because they paid the money and for that personality to be able to foster the same kind of loyalty from a staff at the first change they make, their most booked person is probably going to walk because they don't like it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in order, I really, really wanted to keep the continuity with that team because they work so well together. They're all very, very close. They all love each other. So I didn't want to leave them homeless. So it just worked out well for everybody. I love that so much. Um, because as you know, now, not only did we have the pandemic to deal with and all of that was unprecedented. I mean, who knew we would ever have those issues. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, Pennsylvania, you and I were always safe because we didn't have booth rental and we didn't have any suites. So yeah. we were able to continue to hire commission stylists and stay within our business model and our brand, but no longer. Now, all of a sudden there's 8 million suites. So now we have to compete with, you know, we helped grow the staff and nurtured them and fed them clients and taught them and gave them advanced education and poured our heart and soul into them. And then the shiny new object and the grass is always greener is like, oh, I'll just pick up and take my book to a suite. So by you gifting them 
your legacy and, and ensuring them that now they work for themselves. What I would love to hear about and what I know is probably happening is the shrinkage of color and the waste of color and the showing up late and the not being in dress code and all the things that you and I had bulging veins in our forehead about for 23 (laughs) years, all of a sudden probably are not happening because now they're the boss and they have skin in the game and they understand how expensive everything is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I still speak with the coordinator who is now the owner uh, on a very, very regular basis. And, you know, half the time I get off the phone with her and I just giggle and I'm like, you know, it's funny how things change when somebody uh, feels a different ownership towards it. And all of a sudden, you know, you saying no to buying this or redecorating or renovating or um, because it didn't make sense for the business, um, you know, now you're not the ogre that maybe you were perceived to be. And, you know, she tells me all the time, there's a way different understanding now of what goes into, you know, being responsible with the finances of a business and, you know, making sure that you have cushions and, you know, not going into debt and things like that. So, you know, I just giggle whenever I get off the phone with her when she tells me about some of the conversations they've had. but she's thrilled that they understand now because she always did. <laughs> right. She saw the back end of things and understood. And, yeah. and then she if had she to were play just, kind of liaison, <laughs> I was going to say, if, if she stuck up for you, it's like, oh, she's just a brown noser. She's just trying to be on Liz's good side and stick up for her. But until you're physically in the trenches doing all the things behind the scenes, you just can't possibly understand. My husband tries to make me feel better um, when we talk about that and business and people that I had to let go that weren't a good fit. And, you know, it's, it's higher, slow, fire fast was always my mantra, because if you have the wrong fit on the team, forget it. It's the domino effect. So I got really good at firing, unfortunately, like I could do it much quicker because I was like, you know, we're, I'm doing both of us a favor. You're just not a good fit. And so I had a lot of hate, the haters club, the Elaine hater club. It was like on the little rascals, right. The, uh, the, the woman hater club. So Um, I was, I had to get okay with that. As you know, like the longer you're in business, the more that happens, but every single person with the exception of one that I've ever had to let go has reached out to me seven plus years later. It's always at least seven, mostly longer. I get a random reach out from the person who says, thank you. I didn't get it at the time, but you really did have my best interest at heart. And you really were an amazing leader and you saw things that I didn't see. And I was too immature to know it. And, you know, I'm sorry that I was such a basically mean girl after, you know, we parted (laughs) ways. So I'm starting to, like I said, there's only one and I've been in business 35 years. There's only one who hasn't come around and said, you're really not all that bad. And I'm okay with that. And my husband will say, you know, you're like not going to have a lot of friends while you're still alive or be invited to a lot of things because you're kind of like have to be the bad guy. But I know you're going to have a really crowded funeral. I'm like, is that supposed to make me feel better? So I'm happy, Liz, that you get to have that affirmation and respect and love and hugs and everything and watching them flourish as a result of you showing them, look, guys, look at how this ended. You know, I 
trained you in a certain way and I expect it, you know, high performance and all the things from you because I know you were capable of it and it brought you to this moment where it is now your business. So that is just such a beautiful story that I'm so happy that you were able to share here on the podcast because, you know, every owner right now listening is like, I am not giving my business away. I worked for 25 years and I have blisters all over my feet and a bad back, bad knees and bad everything. And yeah, we would love a big giant check and pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But the reality of it is exactly what we started this interview with is, you know, what is the value? You know, your accountant, my accountant, when I went to move to Florida, I said, okay, what's the value of the business? How do I go about selling this? And we came close twice, two different owners. And to your point, they were not a good fit from what they would have turned the business into. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. I was like, I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I have to either like sell it to one of the employees or just shut it down completely yeah. because I'm not okay with giving this person to, to sell it for money and get the money was great for me, but it wasn't going to be great for them. And I just couldn't do mm-hmm. it. My moral mm-hmm. compass was spinning, spinning in circles. Yeah. I was like, I just can't, I can't do it. I completely it, so. understand. Um, I, I know worth more to me than any amount of money And, you know, especially being retired now and um, the economy doing what it's doing, money would be very nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I know in the long run that worth way, way more worth in knowing that what I worked for all those years is going to continue than seeing somebody hand me a check and knowing that it's going to go down the toilet would kill me. It would kill me because it was my identity for so long. Mm, I love that you pointed that that. out because it's so true. That is your baby. You didn't have real live children, but that was your baby. And my salon was my baby before I got married, before I had kids. And my kids will say to me, mom, your first baby is really like, you put that one first. And I did a lot. I love my kids, but if it was oh my gosh, you know, I have to go back with my son. I had 10 days maternity leave because I had somebody poach my staff and I had a walkout and I was like, it's just me. Like if I don't get my butt back in there, I'm going to have nothing to go back to. So I, when I look back on that, I'm still bitter that I did put that business first. I would have been okay. I could have started over again. I could have done a million different things, but I was in such a panic of that being my identity of, oh my gosh, I have to save this baby. I have to go in and and rescue her. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, God, you know, you don't get that time back with your kids. I'll never get that first, you know, six, eight weeks of holding that baby and being there for him. Um, And, you know, it's decisions that you make on the fly. It's you're always in a panic of, oh my gosh, everything's going to go away. And, and I don't know. He probably doesn't even remember. He was just a baby. Yeah, he doesn't remember, but it was always the elephant in the room. It was always the, you know, he has an earache and I have a full book. I can't stay home with him. I have to get my mom to stay with him so that I can go in and work because you have to pay the bills. So Mm -hmm. there were so many of those decisions. And that's why when you're ready to walk away, you're like, oh my gosh, this has been my living, breathing identity every minute of every day for 35 years. How can I possibly detach from that. And now I'm so detached. I can't imagine ever going back. And, and the lesson, I hate to always be 
the Debbie Downer in these interviews. But to me, and I don't know if you experienced this, I hope you didn't, but I did. To me, the biggest lesson was when I'm coaching someone now as an educator and a coach, and someone says, oh, I can't do that because my clients love me and they depend on me and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I'm like, oh, honey, wait until you retire and you see how little you matter. I walked away in 2019. <clears throat> Some of the women whose hair I did, no one else has ever done their hair. I did their hair from the time they were going to prom until yeah. they had grandkids. Like I did mm -hmm. their hair for 35 years. I you know, announced that I'm leaving. The initial reaction is what about my hair? Who's going to do it? was all about them. What about my hair? Who's going to do it? And when I assured them that, you know, Jess was going to take care of them, she has your formula. It's going to be fine. I made sure that Jess had a round of seeing every single client with me standing right by her, mm -hmm. did everything possible to prepare them. I moved here in 2019 In maybe six months in, I was like, wow, I haven't heard from a single person, not staff, not clients, not anyone. So I'm like, maybe I should reach out to them. Maybe they feel like they're bothering me, you know, because it's mm -hmm. that personal boundary. So I would reach out to my faves who I loved when they came in. I loved when I saw them on my book and I reach out and like, Hey, it's Elaine, just checking in, just saying hello. Hope everything's great with your hair. You know, Florida's great. I haven't talked to you. Just want to make sure everything's good. No response, not really? a text back, not a call back, not an email, not a Facebook message. That was one person. So I'm like, oh, maybe she didn't get the message. Maybe she changed her number. You know, you'd go through all these things in your head. Mm -hmm. Second person. Hey, just checking in. I miss you. Hope all is good with your color. I, I took your virginity. I was so blessed to have your color virginity. And I know we had such a special relationship. I hope everything's like, no response. So I was like, wow, I hmm. really was just their hairdresser. So as right. much as I know, in reality, that that's what it is. We got so entrenched in each other's lives. They knew about everything with my kids and my husband and vacations. And I knew about their husband and their vacations and their kids. And we get it twisted and we become so entrenched and so emotionally connected that we don't charge them for that extra glaze or that extra conditioning treatment. And we take on all the, she's my friend, but they don't. It's mm -hmm. not reciprocal. And that hurts that really hurt. And I was like, wow, I wish I could have seen in a crystal ball that this would happen because I wouldn't have gone in when I should have been home with my newborn baby. I wouldn't have gone in and stayed till midnight because so-and-so got a diagnosis and I had to shave her head and she didn't want anybody seeing her. I wouldn't have gone in on my day off because so-and-so was getting married and couldn't get like all the extra stuff that I killed myself to do mm -hmm. for what? I don't hear from a single one of them. And that really, I want to shout it from the rooftops, not to be negative, not to be woe is me, because who cares really? In the end, I have plenty of friends. I didn't need them to be my friend, but I liked them being what I thought was my friend. Right. Um, so friendly and friend, when it comes to business, you really have to, if you're not inviting her to your wedding or she's not inviting you to hers, if you're not part of like things outside of the salon, stop emotionally yeah. pricing and just know that you are a friendly person providing a service. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I, the last time I went back to Pennsylvania, I had, I had lunch with um, two ladies that I had worked with when I worked in Philadelphia. Um, one of which owns the salon that they're at now. Um, 
and the other is one of her colorists. And, you know, I've, I've had a very long relationship with both of them. And the, the owner of that salon was saying, you know, she's just so tired and, and so done. And, you know, it's just, it's not for her anymore. And she said to me, the thing that I'm having the hardest time with is thinking I'm not going to see my clients anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss them. And I said, you know, I, I had many, many clients for 20, 25 plus years, you know, who went with me when I first moved to Pennsylvania, down to Philadelphia, then up to Bucks County. And, you know, some of them were coming in from Jersey to go on that ride with me. And I love them all dearly, but I also, with the majority of them, had that, that relationship where, you know, when we were together, we really enjoyed each other, but that's what it was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there were a few that, you know, kind of crossed over for me. Um, and thankfully, I have not had the, uh, the experience that you did. Um, I still have them commenting on my Facebook, sending me messages. I got a lovely Christmas card um, where she, you know, called the salon and asked for my address down here so she could send me a card. And, you know, so it's, and, and I said to um, this woman, we'll call her Susie. Uh, <laughs> I said to Susie, you know, it's, it's funny because you're not going to miss them the way you think you're Thank going you. to. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And don't continue in something that's making you unhappy because you think you might miss that. They're going to be fine. There'll be a few that, yeah, maybe you'll miss, but then you can shift your relationship with them to be something more personal if that's what you're missing. And it's interesting so. too. I a hundred percent agree with that because when I first moved here, people said to me, well, why didn't you just go back and forth? Just go back to the salon once a month and see your clients. And I said, because I could have done that and lived at, lived there and just worked once one week yeah. out of a month. You know what I mean? That wasn't yeah. the shift that I was looking for, but mm -hmm. you know, three months into being here, I did miss it a little bit. I was like, you know, I could just, when I happen to be home anyway, seeing my daughter or my parents or my siblings, I could just reach out to my faves and say, Hey, I'm going to be in town this date, this week. Do you need your hair done? And I did it once. And when I was in the salon, the way that it was received from everyone else that maybe they didn't know I was coming home or I didn't reach out to them or whatever. It was like, I was invisible in my own business. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like they're walking past me to go see Jess who started doing their hair. And they were like, Oh, Hey, hi. Like, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, you're here. You know what I mean? Right, it wasn't right. like the reaction that I was looking for. And then it got to the point where, you know, maybe eight months in, I would reach out and say, Hey, I'm coming home for a wedding or whatever. Do you need your hair done? They're like, no, I'm good. I have an appointment. And I was like, Oh, okay. So that's the universe protecting me from myself. Yeah, so now, yeah. now when I go home, I don't even stop in because I just don't want to deal with the questions and the, all the dramatic stuff. I'm just like, my, my daughter lives right upstairs. I just go in, I go right up the steps and I don't even go in there. So it's, 
it's layers and levels of detachment that happen over time. So anybody listening who thinks you couldn't possibly walk away, you absolutely can. And Liz and I are at a place where, you know, even though we're really a decent amount of a drive from each other, we have the flexibility of, Hey, we can meet for lunch because we can pick a day that we have nowhere that we have to be. And that's what we deserve to have after all those years waiting on everyone else. It's our turn to enjoy the next step, the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, So there, there is a happy ending, you know, there is bumps along the way, but there's a happy ending for both of us. And, you know, I, I'm going to speak for you. I think you would agree that if someone's listening and you're like really stuck in this choice and this transition, both of us welcome you reaching out and we can help you through it because, you know, it's nice to have some support and get some questions answered of, of what does it look like on the other side of it? but I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure you wouldn't either. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And, and honestly, as, as much joy as I got training these girls and watching them grow, I am getting just as much hearing about their success on their own without me there to tell them what to do. <laughs> I love that because you're yeah. stepping aside. You're, you have no ego. It's yeah. the ego that gets in the way. It's the, well, it was my name. And for in my case, it wasn't my name, but I can see how it could be like, well, I named it after myself. Like that's my reputation. That's my business. And sometimes we get so caught up in the control. That was a burden though. Yeah. That yeah. was, I mean, all those years having it be my name was actually a burden. Yeah. You know, to just, you you can't have anybody speak even this much negatively about you because the whole town knows your name. Um, you know, I was interviewed and one time and it ended up on the front page of the paper. It had to do with my old landlord before I bought the building and it was not a good scene. And uh, I was interviewed and they <laughs> They actually referred to me in the article as livid Liz Banky. Nice. <laughs> and I came home and my husband was like, why did you talk to them? You know, it's your name. Your business is your name. Your yeah. name can't be associated. So I would, anyone thinking of opening a salon, don't name it after yourself. You know, keep some anonymity for yourself in you know, in your town or in your community. Um, that's one of the things I'm loving most about living down here. No one knows me. Mm-hmm. I Fresh can go start. to the store <laughs> without like having to, I, I don't have time to talk to you. I don't have yep. to run through the aisles, you know, like, oh, hey, hey, hey. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you later. You know, I can look like a mess when I go to the grocery store. <laughs> well, that's the problem. If they looked like a mess, we had to hear the 10 minute yes. you know, thing of, oh yes. my gosh, I'm so, I can't believe you're seeing me like this. Oh my God, don't judge my hair. And I'm like, I'm really not. I'm just here to get, you know, cream yeah. for my coffee. Yeah. Like I'm just not making it about you right now. So yeah. I, I get that too. And it's, isn't it a little weird? Like when we first got here, that was weird. Not having anybody know yes. who you are and not having anybody mm-hmm. to say hello to, but the longer that we're getting into the groove and we're starting to meet people, you can be a little more selective of who you do choose to spend your time with because it's like a fresh start. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that part of it because it's a true friendship. It's They're not expecting anything from you. It's not yeah. someone that wants free hair or to be squeezed in or any of the things. It's just someone yeah. who genuinely wants to spend time with you. So yeah. 
Well, I, one of my closest friends, um, I actually met her because she was a client and we realized we were neighbors and that turned into a very, very close friendship. Um, she's actually been down here to visit me already with her husband and nice. her husband and my husband are like best buds. And, um, you know, she still continues to go into the salon um, and sees one of my girls and she's very, very happy, but she would always refer to her husband and I as Hollywood. Because <laughs> whenever we went out in town because of his position and, you know, half the town knew me, she's like, we can't go anywhere without people stopping the two of you. Paparazzi, the local like, paparazzi. We, we can't go anywhere without you disappearing for 15 minutes to greet that person and that person. And so the anonymity down here has been just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because you probably felt like you had to always be on and be receptive yeah. to the greeting at mm -hmm. a restaurant where you couldn't just be with the people that you were with. You had to make yes. sure that you were, yes. you know, very friendly to the because other people. Because you don't want anybody walking you. away going, oh, I saw that Liz and she wasn't very nice. And, right. You know, right. you always had to be, you know, that welcoming owner of a small business in town. Yeah. So. Well, I love your story. I love you sharing it with everyone. And I, I am going to say you will probably have people that are dying to connect with you to get more details on how they can make the transition or a transition. So how can people reach you that want to connect? Um, easiest way would just be to email me um, at Liz B Hair, L-I-Z-B Hair at Gmail. That's easy enough. Yeah. Well, thank you, my new friend. This was very fun yeah. to do. And I hope to see you in the flesh very soon. Yes. Um, and thank you everyone for listening uh, to our transition and our words of wisdom on uh, getting to the next level and, and pivoting to your next step. So thanks for listening and we will see you on the next one. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.